Breaking news from The Athletic. Hey, everybody, this is Scott Burnside from The Athletic NHL with breaking news. Actually, breaking news doesn't even seem to cover this on a Saturday, but the Winnipeg Jets have acquired center Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft in exchange for young sniper Patrick Liney and center Jack Roslevic. Craig Custins, just your normal Saturday morning in this new NHL season as we see the number two pick from the 2016 entry draft traded for the number three pick. I mean, there's so much to unpack, even though, you know, certainly things had heated up dramatically in the last 48 hours with Pierre-Luc Dubois in Columbus and and what really went off the rails in a, in a big, big hurry with his desire to leave Columbus. Uh, what's your initial impression of this deal? And, you know, what do you make of it? What's your, what's your gut tell you right off the hop on this deal? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it solves two, two problems. Actually, three, right? Like, every single player in this deal, it seemed, aside from the third-round pick, and we'll see whoever that is, uh, he didn't seem happy with their situation. So at, it, it's it's not often where you can, you can see a trade come together and it makes this much sense. Uh, you know, the Jets, Scotty, as you and I both know, as long as they've existed, they've been trying to add centers and build down the middle, and Paul Stastny has come and go. And, you know, it's always been trying to build behind Mark Shifley, and now they, they get that in, in Dubois, who, for my money, probably, you know, when you think about where he's slotted in a, on a great team, you you love him as a number two center, right, ideally. Maybe not as a franchise number one, but great in that spot. Um, and, for, you know, impressions on the other side, Line a going to the Columbus Blue Jackets gives them something they really haven't had maybe since Panarin in, in that game-breaking talent. Um, they seem to perennially have issues with their power play, and now can solve it. And and so if you look at assuming he can get along with John Tortorella, and I think that's a big assumption, um, you look at him and say, okay, this is a team that can play this tight defensive game, and now they've got this game breaker that can pop a game open. I think that really changes the dynamic in Columbus. Yeah. When you look at the straight-on talent involved in this trade, mm. it, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, we're talking about a you know, a guy in line A who's top 40 goals already. He is, you know, in a league where it's hard to score. He's, that's what he does. He's, yeah. He is the epitome of a sniper. Um, I got to tell you, though, I, I, I have been watching this whole Pierre-Luc Dubois thing unfold. And, and, you know, going back to the playoffs last year, 10 points in 10 games. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute beast for a Columbus team that, you know, shocked Toronto. I think it's fair to say shocked or upset Toronto in five games in the playing round and then really gave Tampa all they could handle in a, in a you know, it was a five-game series, but it felt like eight or nine. Right. Um, but to watch him, to watch his body language, to watch how he approached the early part of the season, knowing that he wanted out, even though he just signed a two-year deal as a restricted free agent with Columbus, like, what do you think awaits him in Winnipeg, mm. right? Paul Maurice is a hard veteran coach. Now, he's not torch-like, maybe. And that Winnipeg team, it's hard to get guys to come to Winnipeg. To have success, they have to play hard. It's it's a skilled bunch up front, no question. But that is a hardworking team. That is their uh, DNA. Yeah. Are there any red flags for you in terms of well, can Dubois find you know just flick the switch and be playoff Dubois, or do you think these are some character issues that have been 
um, that have been revealed through this process. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty telling. I, I don't know if you saw it, that that one, um, they, had, they had him kind of spotlighted that shift he had and that was kind of making its rounds on social media where yes. <laughs> like he just didn't engage. Shift. Yes, it was like, and I saw that and I'm like, oh, okay, we're done here. Like he'll, he won't be playing anymore for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, like when I think of a player whose reputation has gone on a more of a roller coaster ride in the last six months or whatever, you're right. In the playoffs, everyone said, "Okay, this is his moment. He, he has now elevated himself to this to this franchise center level spot." And it's like, "Okay, you can build around a guy like Pierre Luc Dubois." And, and like that small sample size, his reputation really exploded in the hockey circles. And then all of a sudden, we're watching him on an isolated ISO cam do nothing. And you're, it, it's like, how can this be the same person that we were just talking about a few months ago? So I, I do think he's going to have to go in there and and, and just. Yeah. It would be nice to have some explanation of where it all went sideways. I, you know, I don't know if we've had, we've heard that, but he does have something to prove. And and you know, I, but I, I mean, you and I both know Paul Maurice is is like John Tortorella. Like he's he's gonna he's gonna push him. Yeah, well, and I think that's you know, I talked to some NHL executive who really I think sort of um, embraced how John Tortorella responded to a lot of this, and actually most of it was questioning from our Aaron Porch line. So let's give Aaron lots yeah, of Aaron's kudos great. on how he's covered this whole thing. But you know, the whole ice time issue and benching him for most of uh, the the Blue Jackets' last game, an overtime loss to Tampa. He said, "I don't decide the ice time; the player does." And yeah. maybe it's semantics. Maybe you know, and lots of people don't like Torts and how he behaves or treats people or whatever. I, I got to tell you, I'm all in on Torts. He can coach my team any single day, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's I think it is going to be interesting to see how Dubois responds to moving to a Canadian market because it's you know as as great as our coverage is in Columbus that is a different beast altogether than playing in a Canadian market and he's playing in the North Division now every single night he is going to be under the spotlight whether it's the local media in Winnipeg or whatever city they're going to Toronto Montreal Vancouver Edmonton Calgary he's going to be under the spotlight and and I think this is you know, this is this is going to be a real defining moment for him. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And then as you're saying that, Scott, I think the flip side, Patrick Laine goes from that spotlight of, you know, is this guy going to live up to the expectations? And he came in and everyone said he's got the greatest shot anyone's ever seen. And there was a lot of um, expectations there. And, and then you saw it kind of go sour. Now he can go to Columbus. You know, my understanding is Yarmo Kekalainen has liked him for a long time and, and has been trying to acquire him for a while, pretty much since the moment you heard he maybe wasn't happy in Winnipeg. So on the flip side, you have a guy there who, who gets a fresh start. But I think he has to – I don't think he has to answer the same questions as Pierre-Luc Dubois because I I think he asked for a trade or he wanted out. and But also you could tell, like, he had a fire under him. He wasn't – he didn't just mail it in this season, Line Eight. Like he came yeah. in and and was playing with some fire. So, I think that you know anybody who's questioning his commitment, I, I think he showed he answered that. And now he's going somewhere where you know you have a GM who clearly believes in him. You have a team where that's a spe- specific need. Um, maybe the coach isn't a fit. We'll see. But but you're right. Like you know if he does if he plays with that fire, I think him and John Tortorella will, will get along just fine. All right. One final one before we let you go on this uh, emergency podcast moment. Uh, listen, Columbus is – I love Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. You and I, pot yeah. roast sandwiches at the uh, in downtown, the yeah. tip top. Uh, here we are, free advertising. Hopefully, we should get some ads from uh, mm. from the tip top now. For but as much money as we've listen, spent at tip top, I think <laughs> – 
<laughs> yeah, we should. It's a gift card at least. But listen, that's it's a it's a good market. They love that team there. But there is now a history of players who mm. don't like it there and a history of acrimony with management and, and younger players. So you go back to Ryan Johansson, of course, Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin both left as unrestricted free agents but made that clear early on. Is, there, is, are, is this a red flag mm. for you for a market that, you know, like it's in that sort of small to medium size? Is there, are, are you worried about what is going on in Columbus? I'm not worried. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a valid point, and I think it's a concern, and and I think it comes to a head. The the risk they're taking on here in this trade is that Patrick Laine is an RFA, right? So, I, I like this trade even more from Columbus's perspective if there's a deal done in their back pocket, and I have no sense if that if that's right. the case. Now, I'm sure they have, at least have some framework, or they, you know, Yarmo's not going to make this deal if he doesn't have a sense he can sign him. But this deal looks way worse if they're now. Having another contract issue in Columbus to to all the point because you know you mentioned some of those bigger names also Josh Anderson right like Josh Anderson yep, of course it got it really went sideways with his camp um, you know you have two you have two things to play you have John Tortorella who's not easy to play for and you have Yarmo Kekalainen who isn't afraid afraid to use his leverage when he has it and he's not afraid to squeeze a player and I think the Josh Anderson negotiations uh, were were the kind of exhibit A of that. Um, but does that lead to problems down the road? I don't know. So I think it's fair to raise. And I think how Line A's contract, next contract plays out will answer a lot of those questions. Yeah, good point. All right, Craig Custon, thank you so much for joining us on our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics' new headline section for much more on this story. And to get access to all of the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can find our latest subscription offer for just $3.99 a month. Don't miss it. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, thanks very much, Craig. Good work. (laughs) 